Hi, this is Nathan, and welcome to the WADFAM Chalkpod. We're just about to have a time of humor, analysis, and excitement. Want to come along? We'd love to have you join us for this week's WADFAM Chalkpod. Hello and welcome to the WADFAM Chalkpod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And uh, we're here to talk about a big episode, guys. One of my favorites. Um, I think it held up. Oh, yeah. Episode 290, A Name, Not a Number, Part 1. Of two. Of two. Of two. <laughs> a two-parter. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Crazy. Crazy. Wish it was a three-parter. Yeah. It's- it's also, it's a two-parter, but the first part, unlike a lot of two-parters we cover, seems to stand on its own pretty well. Oh, oh yeah, completely. Which I think Tom Vermeer did as well. Um, yeah. But. is so but strange. Yeah. Like, I kept waiting for it to end, and then stuff kept happening, and I was like, wait a minute, that that all happens in the first episode? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's jam-packed, folks. Yeah. Uh, and in this... a good way. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, this is track five on album 22, The Changing Times, written and directed by Phil Lawler, and it first aired November 26th of 1994, uh, which was like three weeks after part two of Tom for Mayor. Oh, wow. I guess yeah. that's, yeah, wow. Huh. I didn't yep. realize that these were so close canonically. Yep. Because they're really rushing to introduce both Jack and Jason. Yeah. Um right now. So cuz Wits on an archaeological dig and by that yep. I mean he's dead but not really. Yeah. Uh so our cast for this episode is mostly just fun, but uh we've got Townsend Coleman as Jason Whitaker. Uh this is Jason's second appearance in Adventures in Odyssey, the first being Mortal Coil Part 2. But yeah. It's the first episode where he is being played by Townsend Coleman. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Who was Voice he played of... by b- before? Do you know? Uh, I can look it up, but it's not going to matter. That's fair. Understood. We'll wait till we cover the mortal coil. <laughs> Ish. Um, it is... Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, Townsend Coleman. I, I don't remember if we talked about this before when we, when we talked about him, but uh, he voiced uh, the tick in the, the tick. Interesting. The, the animated cartoon from the 90s. Um, huh. So that's fun. For some reason, I thought you were talking about the TV show that's on Amazon Prime, and I was like, wow. Nope. <laughs> that's Peter Serafinowicz and Andrew Sabo lookalike Griffin Newman. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it's concerning. Uh, that's the whole reason I haven't watched that show. <laughs> I was thinking about it, and then Dylan was like, you know who you look like? And I was like, I can't watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> i can't do it oh man thank goodness uh, nobody also... in mrs mazel looks like me oh <laughs> uh, uh for, for the first time uh in any episode we've covered and in the show itself we have uh christy nimitz as tasha forbes wow is, christy is she, nimitz is she a reoccurring character tasha tasha yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she's she's uh she's a a big one with uh, with Jason episodes. Yeah. Kind of his on-again, off-again love interest oh, throughout everything. Oh, that's right. And then she comes to Odyssey, doesn't she, at some point? Yeah. Is yeah. that this series? Is that this two-part? I don't I don't believe so. I don't but, think uh, so either. Who knows? Um, her. So the actress is Christy Nimitz. She also is sometimes credited as Connie Zimmet. Hmm. And I don't know what this means. Uh, funny nickname? I don't know. So she's Christy Nimitz in the, on the, in one of my books, and Connie Zimmet in the other, and the wiki just says that she goes by both. Hmm. So, whatever. 
Um, Please, and then we we have a uh, we have a list of of good good uh, people doing different voices. So uh, Alan Young is uh, voicing Donovan, um, a slightly more Scottish Jack Allen. Yep, Um, (laughs) ever so slightly, only slightly. (laughs) Um, Walker Edmonston is voice. In Miles Philby, mm-hmm. a slightly more British Tom Riley. Now, yep. actually, uh, Walker Edmondson's voice is pretty not Tom. It's more um, Bart than anything. Yeah, that's that's maybe true. And then uh, Will Ryan as Mustafa, yep. um, the truly, Middle Eastern terrorist, <laughs> truly sounds nothing like Eugene. Um, yeah, doing a real good job there. Will Ryan's just got all the voices. He, he's so. he's quite good. I I mean, yeah. he did do Petrie. Right. There's a so. reason he's like like a go-to voice actor. Yeah. He's pretty pretty good. Yeah. What is he got, doing these days diverse, other than Adventures in Odyssey? Set of, set of skills. Uh I don't know, and I'm not going to look it up. Um audience, look at it. Tweet at us. <laughs> we also have the classic uh members of the Adventures in Odyssey production team team fill out fill in as voices. So, uh the moving truck laborer a Red Scorpion laborer, the guy who drops the box from mm-hmm. Red Scorpion, and Abdul are all voiced by Phil Waller. Um, and uh, we have um, Bob Luttrell voicing the Red Scorpion foreman, who yells at the laborer, and Mustafa's assistant and Donovan's driver are both Dave Arnold. I love that. Additionally, uh, Earl Bowen returns as Dr. Regis Blackard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Who the has character... kids? Yeah. Maybe? We'll, we'll get, get into, into it. it. Um, and also the uh, character of Molly, who we hear at the beginning, is being played by Michelle Stacy Hanna, or possibly Michelle Hanna. Uh, both are credited. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, fun little tidbits. I've got got a lot of context for these episodes because they're fairly huge in the Odyssey canon. Um, but I'm going to, in this episode, just talk about some character context and next episode taught it, talk about plot context. Sounds um, like a plan. So uh, the big thing is uh, this episode introduces Jason Whitaker. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, so he previously appeared real quick um but but now they have him uh introduced as his official role is a code breaker for the national security agency and he may have worked for other government agencies as well um which has to be what this one is because uh well i mean i guess maybe not but also like he's reporting to donovan who's scottish so yeah so it's probably not that he's working for an American agency. Um, so they also they decided that they that Jason was not going to be married, though he um, is. They place him in his thirties um, at this point in the show. Um, his character design, as far as the artwork goes, was drawn up as an older white version of Aladdin. What? Um, <laughs> Is that in the guide? <laughs> that is in the guide. An older white Aladdin. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't say white. He's he's a more mature version of Aladdin, aka white. Yes. Well, yes. He also is white. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, gosh, that's so, amazing. So yes. Yeah, so they decide that he's not married, but he is going to have a love interest. Um, he is more reckless than wit even though he shares a lot in common with him um which puts him as a good contrast to jack allen yeah um and uh townsend coleman being the voice was a suggestion from one katie lee interesting they're apparently friends um they had um i remember the i think it was good christian fun when they were covering odyssey talking about jason being like a really good split for wit because Jason covers like the uh kind of action uh go get him oriented side of wit whereas Jack represents the kind of more methodical um spiritually 
rooted, um, you know, patriarch figure. Yeah, no, I, I agree. They did a really, a really good job kind of making that, that work. And I, I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm like, I like the Jason and Jack era of the show so much that I'm like, even though like, I love Wit's return and all that. Mm-hmm. I do wonder, like, if the show would have, like, wound up being better if they had let, if they let um, Wit die rather than sending him to the Middle East. Or um, if they had had him die at the end of Novacom like they had planned. Well, yes. That would have been too. so cool because then Jack yeah. and Jason would have already still been there. Right. Oh, yeah. that would have been so yeah. good. Yeah, I uh, just just kill Wit. Yeah, just um, kill him <laughs> off, man. Like <laughs> I hate that this is my take, but also like yeah. It would I be so good it. for other characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um so the uh the other other thing of note here. Oh, oh, just um what I was going to say about um, the whole Jason thing with him being like the more reckless, getting the action scenes, that sort of thing. Like they had many times thought about doing some more like spy heavy wit stuff, um, which we even got to see in like Way Late in the Windy City and even like Case of the Secret Room to some extent. But they strayed away from that just because they were afraid it would change the tone of the show too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but now with wit out of the way, Jason's the perfect candidate for that sort of thing. Yeah. Because, like, why not? We, we've we got, like, kind of a chance to start fresh. We've got a younger guy in here. Like, let's do it. Um, and so uh, the other... The other thing of note here, um, not regarding uh, not regarding Jason, but actually regarding Tasha, is that Michelle Hanna, who voices uh, um, who voices Molly in this episode, was actually the one who was cast as Tasha. Interesting. Um, and then they realized that if they were gonna make her Jason's love interest, she just sounded too young by comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they finally found, um, they finally found Connie Zimmett, Kristen Nimitz, um, as the, um, like on really short notice and brought her in as Tasha, um, and then recast, uh, Michelle Hanna to be Molly. Um, hmm. Which, yeah, I just thought was, was at the very least interesting. Um, yeah. No, definitely. And I'm tr- I'm checking the wiki to see how many times uh, Tasha's in an episode. So she's this is her first episode, and yep. then she's in the Love Is in the Air question about Tasha. She's in the Search for Wit, a look back, and then an accidental dilemma. Yeah. Um, she's also met. Oh wow, she's mentioned in um, uh, Sheep's Clothing, f- from during Novacom, right? Yeah. Yep. It, yeah, that's the Jason episode in Alaska, and he's talking about the um, the talking about like his previous love interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know how things didn't work out. Um, so yeah. That's, well, there you uh, go. Um, yeah. So with that out of the way, are, are we ready to roll the promo, Dylan? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think that covers all of my all of my background for this episode that's quite so. a bit there yeah did your no studies. kidding yeah good research I, buddy yeah i've got the books i gotta make use of them man that's fair paid good money for these <laughs> it's true <laughs> all right promo rolling now it's a secret agent adventure next time on adventures in odyssey Jason Whitaker's move to Odyssey is sidetracked by the strange disappearance of a good friend. Sent to investigate, Jason finds himself at the mercy of terrorists and a surprise villain from Wit's past. What will Jason do? Find out on the next Adventure in Odyssey. Okay. So, what... 
why does that music sound like a bike ride through like summer suburbia? It's a great question. The music I, I, choice is so weird. I'm so like, yeah, ah, yeah. uh-huh. don't do drugs, kids. Like yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Somebody yeah. thought to themselves, "That's the play." <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, I I did remember something that I wanted to say during the context, and I didn't. So okay, go for it. Now I'm saying that, which is that. Um, this episode, so it first aired in 1994. It did not air on radio again until 2004 um, because it was considered very intense. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it is because it's not like two ep- two or three episodes before this is the Twilight Zone. Like, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like this one is action-packed, but it's not, like, unsettling and intense. Well, and the funny thing is that, it's like, not like, you can't even blame 9-11. No. Because, like, this this aired 1994. This is, you know, seven years before 9-11 yeah. happened. So it's not like, oh, you know, terrorism is a really sensitive topic, so we're not going to play it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe, obviously, yeah. I'm sure terrorism kind of always is a sensitive topic, but, like... Right, right, absolutely. If, at, least if it, at least if it was, like, Novacom era, it would make sense, because it's like, oh, it's just, like, right after 9-11, so, okay. But, yeah, no, Toe down the Red uh, Scorpion Nazi, you know, terrorist bit. Yeah, it's just, I find it really interesting that they pulled this one from the air for 10 years, and obviously it's still got its album release... Um, and all of that stuff. Well, and but... to pull it for 10 years and then just be like, you know what? Let's put it back. <laughs> right. Well, because I imagine after the after Novacom happened, this one seems much more tame. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess so. At least that's my feeling. Like, I don't... Yeah. This episode didn't blow me away as being like, oh, man... This episode's really intense, guys. I'm not sure. But also, I'm an adult listening to it. Yeah, the only thing that's more intense about it is they do name drop specific things like terrorism. Which yes. is something that's, that's like, true. you know, okay. There's a yeah. lot that, that, that you know, the listener has wrapped up in, in just those words. And also the whole, like, Red Scorpion Nazi thing, because, I mean, we'll get into it, but they're just Nazis. <laughs> they're just they're just Middle Eastern Nazis. Like, oh my lord! <laughs> like, if they if this was one of the Adventures in Odyssey like animated things, they definitely would have like some sort of like scorpion swastika band situation going on on their arms. Oof. It was a very ill advised to listen to this directly after watching Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense because I did not I did not get that at all. Nazis, man, they're everywhere when you watch that movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, uh, well. That being said, yeah. uh, pick pick up the plot synopsis. Yeah, yeah. The it's we start off with a with a Chris intro and then clips from the episode. And man, did those clips make me excited! Yeah, and they exposed the fact that Blackard was going to be in it, which I thought was I a know. strange move because literally every other time it's been like, "Is Blackard there? Is he not?" Blah. Well, Blackard's not then, there, even though you know he's there. But well, and then the episode itself d- plays that same game. Yeah. Yeah. They refer to him as the doctor. He's in a whole scene. And then we hear Blackard and, like, cut to commercial. Like, yeah. they do the same thing, but it's like, buddy, you put it in the intro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and. Because I, I listened to the intro and I was like, <gasps> they're not doing surprise Blackard. And then the episode still tried and did to do surprise Blackard. But which... the excuse that they have is that um, Tasha doesn't know the significance of Dr. Blackard. Right. No, absolutely. <laughs> So like they can kind of get away with it. Yeah, Whereas, no, it's like, not done. It's not done poorly, but it is still a. We're trying to make this a reveal. Yeah, and I don't understand why, because you literally yeah. said it from the get go. Right, or like, 
Right, it could only be one of two people, Regis or Edwin. Yeah, pretty much. And I'm pretty sure it's not Edwin. Yeah. What if Shakespeare that... is is the head of Red Scorpion? What if Shakespeare is Mustafa? No, thank you. Mm, Mustafa the door! <laughs> it rolls off the tongue pretty well. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, get me some lemonade. Mustafa with too is much almost ice. Mufasa. <laughs> yeah. And oh, Mufasa yeah. is a. Uh, the Lion King is a Shakespeare thing, so. What? No, the Lion the... King is based off Hamlet, right? Yeah, which is okay. Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're correct. You're right. You're right. As always. Well, most I know I'm right. Uh. <laughs> All um, right. Anyway, that, so, uh, that was Word Association the game making a comeback. <laughs> we love it. We love it. That's, that's, that's how things are now. <laughs> Only, uh, only original uh, chalk squatters get that joke. <laughs> Word association, the game slash people we know in real life. Oh yes, people. Oh man, that's right. Before they were the chalk squad, they were just people we know in real life. <laughs> well, that was because the only listening audience was people we knew in real life, and now nobody we know in real life listens. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, Tasha and Molly are clearing out this toy shop that they are working and using as a front um, because they've been found out. Mm-hmm. They are uh, they talk like over a radio or whatever to Donovan, um, mm. and uh, Tasha asks Molly to mail a package to Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um, she tells her not to use the front entrance, but to take the tunnel exit. Um, because there's always a tunnel exit, people. Always. You thought the Whitsend <laughs> was, was an anomaly. No, no. Nope. He modeled it after this toy shop in Switzerland. There's always um, another tunnel. And so uh, so then we hear Tasha de- searching her computer and deleting all files containing TA-418. Mm-hmm. Um, a number that is burned into my memory, much oh, like yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. Yeah, or uh, 24601 from uh, Les No, nope. I'll take you. Nope, okay. that one's just you. Cool. Um, <laughs> Glad that we've got that established. Um, Not into theater, are you? And then uh, a man shows up at the sto- shop to pick up a doll for his granddaughter, and oops, it's Dr. Regis Blackard. Yep. Because, well, and that's consistent, because wasn't it established that he was in an Austria? Um, yes. In the whole uh, Regis Returns or whatever? Or not Regis Returns, the... Double Trouble. Double Trouble, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, so... He, he it was revealed that he was in Vienna, Austria, and that was two years ago. So and if so he has now... a granddaughter, he has to have kids. Right? That's how that works. That is how that works. And um, for him to have kids... He has to have a mate. Correct. So we don't necessarily know that this is true. Okay. Because he's he's we find out later that he's a secret agent working yeah. with the European Security Agency. Yeah. So this might be a front. I don't know. Towards the end of this, we're going to break down this whole... Towards the end of this episode, we're going to break down everything based on the facts of this episode. Because... I'm having a hard time understanding what's going on as well. Okay. Sounds but, good. Um, so, uh, so yeah, then, uh, as, as Blackard is, is doing the, the, the picking up this doll and just having a really sweet conversation with Tasha. Um, mm-hmm. that's great. Uh, then Mustafa, uh, comes in and, uh, so Tasha and Tasha, this is the thing that's that I'm having a hard time with. Tasha knows Mustafa. Yes. And is secretly or is working for him while secretly being an agent with whatever organization Jason's working for that Donovan runs. Yeah. And Mustafa finds out that she's been Right, that she's working. Him. Right. I'm not sure how the toy store factors into all this. Like, is the toy store a front for Red Scorpion? Yes. Okay. I think. My guess okay. is, yes, to- the toy store is a front for Red Scorpion, and what she just then operates out of it as a front for her front, which... Right. You know. A hat on a hat. Exactly. Um, 
and yeah so so mustafa knocks comes in there and tasha's like hey what are you doing here and um and then he knocks out blackard yeah with like some sort of spray and tasha's like whoa whoa he's just like a normal guy like what are you doing then she knocks he knocks out tasha and then blackard wakes back up and is like ah very good mustafa like Mm -hmm. good good job there uh and mustafa's like can we just like dispose of her and he's like no like i need her for my plan or whatever yeah she's essential Um, for the plan so like it it feels then at this point that blackard is actually the one like pulling the strings above mustafa oh for sure Um, well he's definitely the smartest out of everything but mustafa is the leader of red scorpion yes the fake nazis yes and also yeah yeah, he's. It's this episode is is a lot. It's yeah. going to be interesting to try and like pull it apart, especially the fact that we're specifically talking about the front half of this, mm-hmm. and I have not listened to the back half in a long time, and I'm trying to forget what I know. I um, don't. I all. I only know how it ends. Like, yeah. Yeah. I only know about yeah. the the virus. That's all I know. Which also. Yeah. What a ill time to be listening to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I have that in my notes as well. A name not um, a number. Virus threatens humanity. Listening and recorded during COVID. <laughs> Oof. Yep. So so the yeah I I was just the the first the beginning of this episode which we just covered is so good. Oh yeah, no. I love the energy of it. I love all these like twists and turns. Mm-hmm. It's just got such the a soundtrack good is so vibe. good. The yeah. music is so good for this episode. The, the music's really good, and it's not the standard Odyssey no. spy music. No, it's, like, it's nothing. It's nothing like the guitar riffs we get during Novacom. Yeah, um, or it's more like just, a movie soundtrack. Is it, this? What, yeah, it's more. It, this ep- this two parter feels a lot more like a movie than it does like a radio show. Mm. That's actually that's a good point. There's even like a visual element to it, um, like with the whole blinking thing. Like yeah, that's not an yeah. audio thing. That's that's visual. Um, but so we then, will talk about it out loud because <laughs> yes. Well, th- I mean, they, actually, I think that makes perfect sense within the context of the show. Oh yeah, but, no, it definitely does. Um. Mostly. Um, so then we, we jump from there to one of uh, Andrew's favorites, a one-sided telephone call. <laughs> yes, please. With, uh, wait, is it with, it's, it's with Jason? It's and... Jason, Jason talking to Tom. Yes. So Jason explains that he is packing up his stuff, mm-hmm. um, and there's a mover there, and then he is driving from Phoenix to Odyssey, planning on getting to Odyssey in about two days. Yeah. Um, he then is working with the mover, unplugs his phone. It starts ringing. It's yeah. great. Oh, what a he's good trying, bit. He's trying to explain that, like, ah, this is this is what happens, you know, whatever. Just rings. And then he picks up, and then he puts it back down, and then it keeps ringing. <laughs> like, yep. And so finally he just grabs the phone and sends the mover outside. Um, and on the phone is Donovan. Um who is Irish just, Jack Allen. Yeah. And is talking to him about, you know, kind of saying his goodbye. Um, just, you know, how much I'm going to miss you. Yeah, exactly. Look, we get kind of the idea that Jason is stepping down from his role as a secret agent to go and manage wit's end. Um, yeah. and so he's doing this whole thing. And then, uh, we find out that Donovan is right behind Jason. Yep. We love that. <laughs> I love it so much. The one-sided telephone call turns into the big surprise turnaround. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, and so we get to find out that Jason's role um, with what what is just basically referred to as the agency. Yeah. Um, And so that's what I'm going to stick with, the agency. His role is that he is an event analyst, Hmm. um, and his, uh, his, his code is 1131. Yep, um, and then it's this conversation where when he's talking about leaving, 
uh he names drops like the the episode title he goes like yeah i'm a name not a number anymore yep and they're like ah i remember as a kid being like ah i see yeah <laughs> this uh this episode's working title i don't think it was ever released at this was just Codebreaker. interesting um, so so donovan then explains to jason that um there's this uh group called red scorpion um led by this guy named mustafa who had and they have stolen um a weaponized virus that was uh the um, rakistani government right Right. that was developed in rakistan um although i think we find that out later um because they don't know what the virus is yeah just that there's a virus that they are like planning to release um or like you've got to meet their demands yep um and they have we we find out this is a week after our opening scene um Mm -hmm. and that a ransom tape has been sent to the agency um and as as donovan's kind of explaining the whole situation jason was like He's talking about this agent who was captured and this whole thing about the biological thing and whatnot. And Jason's like, oh, like this sounds like the perfect case for Tasha. Yeah. Um, and then Donovan's like, ah, Tasha's the agent who was captured. Bum, um, bum, and, bum. Then, and then shows him the video. It It's so good because it establishes... It establishes Jason and Jason and Tasha's relationship really efficiently and effectively. Yeah, yeah um, one also just like them understanding each other's like strengths and weaknesses and like that's something that even can be built on like when they're both in odyssey and stuff yeah yeah i i i love it so much um and so so then um they watch this tape and uh tasha's been like speaking through it very slowly there's a lot of blinking she refers to the virus as rukita um and uh yeah and donovan's like look like can you come on this like to go like can you come help me go get tasha back um Mm -hmm. and jason's like all right i'm gonna do this and donovan's like great there's a plane waiting at the station or down at the uh, airport that's gonna take us to switzerland like revealing full well that Donovan knew Jason would agree to go, which is um, such a good bit. I love. It's a good, I love that. It's a good bit, and it also establishes further Jason's like love for Tasha and mm. like like how good that relationship is, and also like Donovan knowing his agents, and it's just it's yeah. really good. It's well, and also you get such a good like uh like almost put you know paternal figure from donovan to jason yeah. like you definitely get that there's like a they're they're not just friends like obviously he's he's his superior but like there's just there's a certain amount of respect and like you know maturity there because they've been together for so long and he's kind of watched jason grow up a little bit yeah well and it's 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 definitely helped by the fact that he's voiced by Jack Allen. Yeah, like, oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> like, the Allen Young voice there really does help sell you on, like, the relationship that they have. It does um, not sell you on his Irish origin. <laughs> no, not, not, not particularly. And I want to go on record again saying I'm pretty sure he's Scottish, not Irish. Oh, I think you're right. Um, I think you're right. He is Scottish. But also... He's got the name Donovan. Yeah. Um, well, and also he's been like Donovan's, you know, Scotland Yard, all that. Uh, so yeah, so they are gonna f- they fly to Switzerland where mm-hmm. all this is taking place, and I just love that it's Switzerland, you know, the most neutral of countries. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> naturally. Um, when they Poor guys, when they, they are, made like one decision in World War Two, and they are stuck. <laughs> <laughs> when they uh, when they arrive, uh, they're met by uh, Philby. Miles Philby, a uh, he's the person from the European Security Agency, which is not a real place. Who is working the case? Which is not a real thing, and he's working this case alongside them. Mm. Um, Jason hops on the computer, uses the internet. I think first time the internet has been 
dropped in Odyssey. Yeah, he says um, uh, uplink to the internet. Yeah. Well, because we are we are in '94, so the internet is like just barely a public thing, but is mostly just government. Yeah. Um. So it kind of makes sense. Uh, like that they're saying internet like the same way that people would say like VR mm-hmm. in like the mid 2000s. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, yeah. So he looks up Rukita, and it's not. It doesn't exist in any known language. Um, and then he's like, ah, wait a second. There was like a scrap of paper that said TA-418. And he's like, what if the TA in Rukita is the TA from TA-418? And I remove that. And then we search this. And, um, and then they find out the Ruku virus was developed by Hans Tesler in Rakistan. Wow. Also, Hans Tesler sounds a lot like Tesla. Hans Tesler is a very German name. Yeah, yeah. And he is residing in Rakistan, a fake country that is probably in the Middle East because it ends in Stan. And, yeah, Odyssey, fake country, real racism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I can't doing, I can't blame them but like No, because also, every other place it, place that's doing a fake country does essentially the same thing. Yeah, no, I can't I can't blame them. I'm just like, oh, why do all the terrorists have to be Arab? <laughs> why? <laughs> and so um yeah, so then Jason looks up TA418 on the computer, but it requires M5 access. Mm. Um, so And Donovan's not going to do that on this computer. So he leaves to go to the embassy. take care of. Yes. Um, yeah. so, that he can, so that he can look this stuff up. So it's just Philby and Jason. Um, and Jason just starts going through the files on mm-hmm. Tasha's computer, comes across the this thing on code um and it's just like history on codes oh and actually uh donovan's still there at this point because then donovan leaves um and says be back in a blink of an eye and jason goes huh blink (laughs) yeah i think tasha's blinking in morse code yep and so they uh they watch the uh the video back and Jason mm-hmm. reads out the dashes and dots to Philby, who writes down the stuff. Um, and and so and, and the message is well, it's a code that Tasha and Jason had where they leave out the vowels in a word, and you have to try and guess what it is. Yeah, not much of a code, but still. Yeah. So the letters are. N T R L K N C S T L E. No, C S T L, no E. Um, mm. And so there, it's uh, enter, look in. What did they say? Enter, look in. The, uh, the case box? Something? Yes, oh, that's case tool. Yeah, case enter, tool. Lock, lock, look in case tool. And so they're, they're doing this whole thing. And then. Um, they managed to string together that it's interlocking, mm-hmm. um, and and then um, Philby's like, ah, interlocking. Like, there's castles around there, and I was like, there, there, there's a castle there. That must be where they are. Mm-hmm. And I was like, weird. Where'd they get castle? And then you realize that the other f- four letters that they didn't get out of interlocking are castle, <laughs> but it's never it's never said in the episode. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize it. Yeah, I only did it because I take ridiculous notes for this stuff. That's right. Um, and I was like, oh, it's Interlaken Castle. Um, so I googled, and Interlaken is a place in Switzerland, and it has five castles that are up and running, and also, like, a castle in ruins. Um, huh. So. Well, so, yeah. that's, that's difficult. I mean, which castle? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Which one has um, the deadly virus? <laughs> All of them? Oof. All. So so they go they go to interlock. Could you imagine being quarantined in a castle? That'd be pretty epic. That would be pretty epic. I'm sure it's uh, happened before in history. That's um, fair. Plague and whatnot. 
Yeah, or even just siege. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I, yeah. I guess I guess siege is the ultimate quarantine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You go outside, you die. Right. Um. And so, uh, he, Jason's like, "All right, we got to go to this castle." And and Philby's like, "I don't know. You Americans have a tendency to rush into things." And Jason says, "Caution is my middle name." <laughs> I love. I love Jason's sense of humor throughout this. Like, especially later when he's, like, quipping with Mustafa and stuff. He's got very much, like... I think, honestly, what we see nowadays in a lot of, uh, like, superhero movies, he's got kind of that... Yeah, he's just got... And I mean, you saw in spy movies as well, um, which is just, like, that, that quick wit, the cool under pressure, like, I'm just going to make jokes to try and diffuse tension and like keep everything with like a light-hearted tone yeah it's, just the, really, it's the really smooth operator kind of thing where it's just like yeah. ah i am witty and suave and i have a license to kill right and uh and it's good it's it's definitely it definitely plays into the plays into the james you know jason bond situation yeah yeah i i like it i like it a lot um, so they get, they're at the castle and they're staking it out, casing mm-hmm. the joint. And, uh, there are 14 heavily, ar- heavily armored guards walking around this castle. Presumably um, wearing like, you know, plate mail. Yes. <laughs> and there is a, uh, there's a truck backing up and they think it's for a delivery. And then it's like, no, they're loading stuff onto it. And Jason's like, ah, I wonder if that's the virus. I'm going to like sneak down there. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh. And the, uh, um, Philby's like, ah, this stubborn American's going to ruin everything. Um, and so then, uh, Jason sneaks close and we hear, uh, we hear Red Scorpion transporting this stuff and Bob, uh, sorry, Phil Lawler's laborer Mm -hmm. drops, uh, a case and, um, and everyone freaks out, and Bob Luttrell's foreman says, there's no room in Red Scorpion for bunglers. <laughs> Just what so glad. Odyssey's so glad. bunglers. I'm so glad we still there get... There's no room in the Third Reich for bunglers? That's offensive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and, Sorry, uh, um, anybody whom I have offended. <laughs> And then, uh, and then Mustafa, uh, sneaks up behind Jason and pulls a gun on him. And Jason's like, ah, I'm Bond. James Bond. Um, <laughs> and then Mustafa knocks him out. And, yep. uh, one of the, one of the people's like, all right, should we get, should we get rid of him? Uh, this is Dave Arnold as Mustafa's assistant's like, ah, should I dispose of the body? And, uh, Mustafa's like, no, I think this is going to make our plan go even better if we have him. Mm-hmm. Or, um, yeah. Foolish mistake. Yeah. So I then, don't get what it is about fictitious villains that they just don't understand the concept of confounding variables. Like, yeah. we'll just bring another party into this that just gives <laughs> it, like, you know, that much higher of a chance of just blowing up. Yeah. No. That's fair. Um, so... Hmm. Okay. Philby is then talking with Donovan Mm -hmm. um, and explains that he's had someone on the inside for two years of Red Scorpion Mm -hmm. um, and fills Donovan in on the fact that Jason was captured. Um, And then we go, we go into uh, the room where Jason and Tasha are with some of the best interplay. Oh it's, yeah. It's, it's so kind good. of, it's kind of reminiscent of that, of some of the Mitch and Connie stuff. Yeah. Um, that we get during Novacom, but where Tasha, where Jason's like, ah, like Tasha's like, what are you doing here? He's like, ah, I'm here to rescue you. And they just like have this really cute back and forth. Um, yeah, they have the they have the couple banter thing that that yeah. Connie and Mitch did, where it's just like, oh, you're so adorable, like yeah, 
yeah, I I have a lot of a lot of love for this. Yeah, and it, and it also it plays into that same kind of like cool under pressure, like you know stuff's bad, but we're still gonna like you know pretend as though it's not. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then uh, and then the door opens, and uh, Doctor Regis Blackard is thrown into the room. Um, Tasha's still operating under the assumption that he's just some random dude who yeah. was brought along here because um, he was just a customer at her shop. She doesn't know um, what his deal is. Um, but, that he is a secret uh, agent. But uh, Blackard introduces himself and or Jason introduces himself and Blackard's like, oh, I once knew a Whitaker. Um, yep. He was in this small town called Odyssey and Jason's like, you knew my dad? Which I'm like, Jason... <laughs> At this point in your life, you've been around for at least 30 years. You need to know that Wit is the center of the universe and that everybody <laughs> knows him. <laughs> like, you it's, just, you need to just roll your eyes and be like, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> Figures. Yeah. No, it's true. Another notch on the bedpost for <laughs> who knows my dad. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so Wit's like, or Jason's like, uh, my dad never mentioned, uh, a blackguard to me. Uh, which is very convenient because uh, the dude's kind of was kind of a big deal. Oh yeah, um, for sure. So it's funny that we just like neglected to to say anything about him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's like, oh, you didn't say anything to me. And then Blackard kind of goes on this whole bit where he's like, yeah, well, we kind of ended up on the opposite side of a lot of things, and and I'm really sorry about that. And uh, yeah, but there's things that were happening that he didn't know about. Uh-huh. And, I mean, as a listener, it's pretty believable. Blackard sells it really well and continues to sell it really well as this episode finishes out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Jason explains that his dad's in the Middle East and that he was headed to Odyssey to take over Wit's End. Um, and then uh, Mustafa comes in. Mm-hmm. And explains that he he's was, gonna uh, he's going to, he, well, he's going to test the virus on Jason so that he can show everyone, you know, what, what's going to happen here. Yeah. Um, basically he's going to do another ransom note, but with a security agent from the NSA or the yeah. agency, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> he pulls out a syringe and Jason's like my allergy shot. Yeah. yeah. How thoughtful of you. Yeah, it it feels very reminiscent of like Spider Man or something like that, where it's just like he's just joking the whole time. Yeah, and it's like the really quippy, like corny one liners, like pizza time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah, and so uh, yeah, then uh, um, then Blackard like yeats jumps, himself, right? <laughs> jumps onto Mustafa to, yeah to stop him, um, and like tackles him, and then Donovan and Philby. Like, literally, like, bust down the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I'm expecting, like, I'm picturing that the, the vegan police scene from uh, Scott Pilgrim. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where just the wall just, just gets completely explodes. knocked in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're standing there like, ha, we got you. Um, and Philby's, and uh, Donovan's like, I assume this is your inside man. And Philby's like, yup. Acknowledging that Blackard is working for the European Security Agency with Philby. Um, then Mustafa yells traitor and stabs Blackard with the syringe. Mm-hmm. Blackard dies, and his last words are to tell Wit that he's sorry. Yeah. And that's how the episode freaking ends. Well, and the thing about the, how the episode ends is that, like, you basically hear him die. Like, you hear oh, yeah. him go on his, like, last words bit, and then he just stops talking. I know. And it's really haunting. And then Jason's yeah. like, he's dead. Yeah. And then yeah. that's that's where it ends. You're just like, yep. oh, oh, oh boy. Yeah. It's, oh, it's so it's, good. It's a good, it's a good episode. I love it. And, yeah. And the plot motives are pretty actually easy to follow within that circumstance. Like, Red Scorpion, terrorist group has a virus, wants to destroy lots of people, okay? Um, yes. 
Tasha monitoring monitoring said terrorist group gets captured by them because she gets exposed and then Blackard is also monitoring them yeah so so the I think the things make sense except for Blackard and Philby yeah. they're the ones that kind of stand out so so I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this and try and break this down because I think that there's some interesting stuff that's like clearly setting up more stuff for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the weird one of the big weird things is Blackard. He is working with so he's working for the European Security Agency as revealed at the end by uh, Philby. Philby has placed him, like, on assignment to try and, um, to try and investigate, um, the Red Scorpion. Mm -hmm. So, Blackard's investigating Red Scorpion for European Security Agency. Tasha's investigating it for the agency. Mm -hmm. Tasha and Blackard both know and interact with Mustafa mm-hmm. but not but and Blackard potentially knows that Tasha is working for Red Scorpion and maybe that she's an agent but yeah but she does not know that about him she thinks he's just a customer to her store yeah so while he's at her store picking up something and she's trying to flee because she's found out from an anonymous source that her cover's been blown, Mustafa shows up and he knocks out Blackard first mm-hmm. and Tasha thinks he's just an innocent bystander. She then, he, Mustafa then knocks out Tasha and Blackard wakes back up and you hear that Blackard and Mustafa are working together on this. Mm-hmm. We so then... is Blackard undercover for the European Security Council agency, whatever? Um, is he working undercover for them as uh, Red Scorpion, or yes. is he double crossing? Well, that's the question. Is who is he double crossing? Yeah. He's working for both organizations, but who, like, well, he's where not are double his... crossing anybody anymore because he's dead. Well, yes, <laughs> but like, where did his actual motiv- motivations lie? Well, and that's the thing about Blackard, though, is that he likes to tread the middle because it gives him yeah. the most opportunity f- for gain as well as self preservation. Absolutely. You can play both sides of the coin, you can, you know, pretty much never lose. So, here's the other thing that's interesting. We mentioned before that, um, well, okay. So Philby is has that line after Jason goes up to the truck of just like you're going to ruin everything, like mm-hmm. you know, bullish American, you're gonna or stubborn American will ruin everything. This is assuming. Like, he's, I guess, operating under the assumption that Jason is going to be caught is how this is supposed to read. Mm -hmm. But we find out then that Blackard has been working for Philby. Yes. And Blackard, so Philby has a comment where he, where when he's filling in Donovan, where he's talking about he's had someone on the inside of this for two years. Yeah. Has he had someone on the inside of the organization like Tasha? Who clearly didn't know about... Well, so Tasha knows, uh, hasn't reported to... Um, hasn't reported to Donovan, but apparently to some extent knows that the castle at Interlochen is their headquarters. Because she's able to blink that. Yeah. In the message. She knows that that's where she is. And... we, As we previously talked about, there are a bunch of castles at Interlochen, but... Um, but Philby knows which one to go to, presumably because Blackard has been working on the inside at this. 
So Blackguard is somehow playing three sides of the coin? <laughs> Maybe. Like, he's... Phil, it's interesting, because Philby seems to know about Interlochen. Mm-hmm. And know that this is the headquarters for Red Scorpion. But he doesn't seem to know... Like, but earlier, when they're trying to decipher the code and whatnot... Philby's not saying, like, oh, I know where Red Scorpion's headquarters are. Let's just go there. Yeah, no, that's so strange. But then, like, he definitely seems to know where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and says it like, you know, Jason, like, you're gonna... Or stupid American... Stubborn American's gonna ruin everything. As though, like, he's also, like, working for Red Scorpion. Like... Like, it mm-hmm. doesn't... Like, you can read it maybe both ways. But it almost reads more as, like... Oh, is he also working this angle? Yeah. Then then on the inside... Blacker... Like... Tasha and Jason are both very open about the fact that they're agents. Neither of them know that Blackard is an agent. And also... Philby should have... Like... Going back to the Philby thing, if Philby had an agent on the inside and knew from the original report that one of his agents had been captured as well because he knows, like... Because he knows knows, who Blackard is. Right. So maybe maybe there weren't cameras in the shop and he doesn't actually know that Blackard was captured, just that it was Tanya, just that it was Tasha. Mm. Then Then he should be thinking, I've got a guy on the inside here who can, like, help us find tasha yeah um but he doesn't volunteer that information at that point um so it's it's all very there's obviously a lot of different sides sides being played here and it's got like this very yeah it's got a very good mystery element to it Mm -hmm. um and so blackard dies it's revealed that he was the agent and he saves jason's life um and has that he has the line early which is the well earlier in their conversation which is like the unfortunately your father and i didn't always see eye to eye in fact we usually ended up on opposite sides i regret that but there were things he didn't know at the time yeah and then his last words are telling wit he's sorry um they're telling jason to tell wit he's sorry and it's this really interesting point of like redemption for blackard mm-hmm um, so it's, and it's so, he, Earl Bowen is acting his pants off in this episode. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He, he does, does such, such a, a good job. He like, truly. he sells it. He, I, yeah, it's, it's something where like, as a listener, you can't help but hope that maybe there's some there that this is redemption for him right you know absolutely well and wit always wanted a redemption for blackard exactly exactly well and there were there were parts of blackard that you kind of like in way late in the windy city specifically where you got to see his humanity at least a little bit and him being in austria and like kind of just doing other things and like right. presumably being just a pretty well-renowned professional like yeah he um yeah like it it definitely makes sense Uh, yeah oh yeah and there's the really fun thing too where philby talks about the fact that he's had someone on the inside for two years mm -hmm. and we find out that that's blackguard um but he um he two years ago and a handful of months is when uh blackguard won that computer award in vienna Yep. So, like, we get this idea of, like, oh, like, he was, you know, working with, like, a government agency in Vienna. Yeah. And then got hooked up with the European security agency and placed into cover um, in this place. Yeah, there's um, a bit of continuity Which is really cool. Um, But then our last note about, like, hmm, is... Is Blackard what he seems? Kind of like, how how does this all play out? Is Mustafa yelling traitor at him? Yeah. Because Mustafa 
So Mustafa supposedly, fig- okay, there's a couple things here. So we know that we know from the beginning of the episode that Mustafa didn't like knocked out Blackard not because he found out he was a secret agent, but because it was Blackard's plan. Mm-hmm. Then he puts Blackard in the cage once again, not because he knows Blackard is a secret agent, but because like this is Blackard's plan. And then when he goes to inject Jason, Blackard interrupts, which is clearly maybe the injecting Jason wasn't part of Blackard's plan, and he doesn't want to hurt someone connected to Wit. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, you know, he never wanted to hurt anyone at all because he's he's the good guy here. But at, up until that point, um, Mustafa is still convinced that Blackard is on his side and then calls him a traitor when he stops him. And that's why he stabs and kills Blackard. Yeah. No, that definitely that's definitely making sense, especially given what we know like that Blackheart would be in that position. Um yeah. I'm definitely yeah, I I genuinely don't really remember much about how this ends, so I'm really excited to see how it ends. Um yeah. yeah, me too. Uh I don't think I've got anything else I really want to talk about this episode. Uh the only other thing that I had was uh do we have any new uh iTunes reviews or anything like that? In fact, we do, Andrew. Oh, and really? I, I'm glad you brought that up cuz I was going to. Oh, awesome. Um so we have two reviews from iTunes Canada Woo-hoo! that I found, and one new review for the U.S. Wow! I'm going to start with the uh, with the Canada ones. We have a five star review from user Jay Smouse. Jay Smouse um, that says, uh, "Good job on consistent episodes. We'll write a longer review later." <laughs> Listen, I I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I do as well. <laughs> I, I, I like the, the, the commitment to just be like, I will write more when yep. I write more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, At my uh, scrub soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have a five-star review from user Canada, strong and free. Wow. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Is then, it like Canada, uh, comma, strong and free, or like... No, ca- Canada, strong and free is all, no spaces, no punctuation. Interesting. I don't know that you can put commas in your username, but um, who knows? Uh, so the review is, love it. Thank you for your album reviews. I enjoy listening to them. While I don't agree with everything being said, it's nice to get honest reviews on old episodes. I could also do without some of the language, but hey, I still love it. Keep up the great work. (laughs) Oh, I appreciate that so much. I really do, too. Those are the reviews that I love to get. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I just love the consistent, like, jabs at us (laughs) and our language. (laughs) it's just like Uh, hey i like what you're doing not everything of course but i like it (laughs) yep and i yeah i do i i yeah no but seriously i mean those are my i mean i you know we make a show that i'm i'm pretty proud of and uh and so it to have it be appreciated despite perhaps the way that uh you know us and our audience are different um I really appreciate it. I like it a lot. So Yeah. Good nice. job. Good job, guys. Good job, squad. Good job, us. <laughs> just just really spreading some positive vibes on this Saturday morning. Yep. And then our uh, our other new review on the uh, U.S. Uh, Apple Podcast reviews. Uh, five-star review. Fact check. I love this podcast. So fun. Formerly obsessed with this series in the 2000s. Loving the adult takes. Fact check in episode 9, albeit a very old one. When Mandy and Sarah go camping, they're not randomly in the woods. It's near their uncle's cabin. Mandy mentions when they're camped so far away, they can barely see the house. Yep. I love so much that we're still getting that, uh... Yeah, that specific one. (laughs) That one. (laughs) Because that has been pointed out a handful of times now, and is... I love the idea that that is our largest blunder. Oh, for sure. Because I think we're doing really well then. 
Yeah, if that's if that's our largest <laughs> blunder, and it was definitely my blunder, I'm pretty sure. Oh, we both we both did it though. Yeah, like, yeah. we were both confused about that. And yeah, it was episode nine of our show. And which, we are, like I don't even know what our show was in episode nine. I honestly I am I'm intrigued to go back and listen to like the first couple episodes just to see yeah. how different it sounds. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> I could do it for about five minutes and then I'd get really upset. Well, do you have any uh, closing thoughts or anything to promote? I don't this week. Uh, we're going to continue to keep things pretty low-key. And, uh, hey, if you want your review read on the podcast, uh, drop it uh, Drop it off on iTunes. Uh, yeah. We, we, do, we do read the reviews. Uh, Good and bad. Yeah, well, we don't necessarily... If you give us a five-star review and then say mean stuff, we will read that. If you yeah. give us a low-star review, we have no obligation to read that. Oh, I thought we oh, were no. reading all reviews. Uh, we've only ever gotten one two-star review, and it later changed into a four-star, and we only read it when it was a four-star review. Oh, so okay. Um, I, I'm okay with reading five stars, absolutely. Four stars, eh, maybe. Uh, below that, I, have, I feel no obligation to read your review. To... to, to- to trash our own podcast <laughs> yeah you can trash us just do it in a five-star review exactly uh, <laughs> or tweet at us tweet at us works too uh, yeah, yeah. Um, or emails or voice memos on anchor which uh yeah all things that work yeah all things that work you can contact us through any of those ways uh, we're yeah. so available. We are so available. We got nothing. You can nothing else. DM going Andrew on, on Instagram. I you assume. will, and if you do, I will probably respond. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't get that sort of treatment from me, Chalk Squad. But, nope, uh, but nope, Andrew, but me, Andrew's, I'm I'm uh, I'm an open door. I am. Uh, <laughs> you know, you could ask me my greatest fear, and I'll I'll answer. I'll answer. Yeah. Anyways, that's uh, that's the episode, and uh, we'll see you next week with part two of A Name Not a Number. Uh, bye, guys. Bye, guys. Wadfam Chalkpod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at WadFamChalkPod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at WadFamChalkPod at gmail.com. A Name, Not a Number, Part 1 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo, and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the WadFamChalkPod. Pod.